All right. Well, to well, today's topic is going to be on six warning signs on suicide. And this is a very real problem that many people are experiencing. And, you know, one of the things about suicide is that it's one of those misnomers that nobody wants to talk about. It's one of those topics that are people are like saying, yeah, yeah, we know suicide is happening. We know these things are happening all around us, but nobody wants to take the time to address it and pursue it and understand the reasoning, A, why it's happening, and B, what we can do about it. And you see, I think we can do a lot of things about it. So let's uh, get right into that. First of all, the title of my message is six warning signs of suicide, six warning signs. And let's just get right into it. Facts and stats for middle age, high schoolers and youth ages, um, youth ages 12 through 18. Suicide is the second leading cause of death for college age, youth ages 18 through 22. Suicide is the second leading cause of death. Overall, suicide is the second leading cause of death for our youth ages 10 through 24. You know what? One young person commits suicide every 10 minutes in America, in the world. And, uh, you know, it's like they want to, they want to end their lives, not because they're afraid of dying. They want to end their lives because they're afraid of living. They're afraid of living. And they think living would be a major problem and dying would be so much better. Well, let's continue to think about this. Um, I like to think about a couple warning signs, personality changes, Unchangeable mood set, uh, mood swings, undeniable uh, or isolation, self neglect, risky behavior, hopelessness, and um, really, these are a couple ideas. When you see suicide warning signs, I think that we ought to suicide. If someone's saying, "Yeah, um, I've been thinking about suicide, and and I'm a burden to people, or I'm I'm experiencing unbearable pain, or they're talking about killing themselves, or feeling trapped, or having no reason to live," that's a major, major problem. If you see behavior, increased use of alcohol or drugs, withdrawal from activities, giving away prized possessions, it's a major sign. Isolating from friends and family, looking for a way to kill themselves, such as searching online for materials or means, sleeping too little or too much, visiting or calling people to say goodbye, acting recklessly and aggression. And if you notice people's moods, depression, loss of interest, irritability, anxiety, humility, uh, humiliation, these things are uh, all warning signs, common signs of suicidal thoughts, focusing on or talking about death and dying, having difficult mood swings and or verbalizing distress, making plans, including updating one's will, giving any possessions, gathering needed materials such as pills or a gun, not engaging in activities that were once enjoyable, isolating oneself from loved ones and or parents or friends, acting recklessly, including using, misusing drugs or alcohol, saying goodbye. If you know anyone is showing these signs, you can encourage them to seek help about thinking about helping them with possible suicide. Common signs of chronic stress, negative thinking. It's a common sign. Feeling anxious, loss of interest in things, increased relationship conflict, irritability, poor concentration and confusion, poor or disrupted sleep, clenching or grinding teeth. That's, that's an unusual sign there. Changes in appetite, experiencing weight loss or weight gain and chest pain. That I've found... 
Some people have asked me, Tony, do, can believers commit suicide? And I, I would say it is possible for a true believer to commit suicide. Uh, that is an unusual occurrence, but it is possible. Someone considering suicide should be challenged above all to remain or keep himself to see whether he is in the faith. Okay, suicide warning signs, depression, previous suicide attempt, increasing use of alcohol or drugs, withdrawing from social contact, feeling hopeless about a situation. You know, we, we've gone over that pretty good. So let's get into the six warning signs that are obviously happening with people and uh, six warning signs. And so I would like to say, number one, people who are committing or attempting suicide are depressed. This is without question. The most common reason people die by suicide is because of a severe depression. I'm not talking about discouragement. I'm not talking about a demoralization. I'm not talking about having a bad experience. I'm talking about clinical depression oftentimes will lead to suicide. Number one warning sign is that they are depressed. Number two, they are psychotic. People who commit suicide have a malevolent inner voices often command self-destruction for unintelligible reasons. Psychosis is much harder to mask than depression and is arguably even more tragic. The worldwide incidences of schizophrenia is is 1% and often strikes otherwise healthy, high-performing individuals whose lives, though manageable with medication, are often derailed from their original promise. Schizophrenia is just as likely to talk freely about the voices commanding them to kill themselves as not. And also, in my, so in this article that has given me some inf information, people who are treated for schizophrenia to be able to function uh, oftentimes don't have problems with suicide. Number three warning sign is they are impulsive. Yes, that's right. They're impulsive. And um, you see, these people have a uh, tendency to want to use drugs or alcohol. Some people become uh, impulsively attempt to end their lives, own lives. And, uh, and, and not uh, substance abuse is often one of the major things that they use that will lead them to attempting suicide. Fourth warning sign for a person who wants to commit suicide is that they are crying out for help. They're crying out for help and they don't know how else to get it. They want to alert, they don't want to die, but they do want to alert those around them that something is seriously wrong. You know, more girls attempt suicide than guys because they get discouraged, they get depressed, they get hurt from having immoral relationships. And then they find out that the person doesn't love them. And so they attempt suicide. More guys complete suicide than girls attempt suicide. So we have girls attempting suicide, but not completing it more often than guys completing suicide, but less attempting to complete, uh, to, to have suicide. So girls are attempting to do suicide more than guys are. And uh, oftentimes it's because of living an immoral relationship and uh, these relationships they have, uh, you know, just leads them to uh, recklessness in their lives. Fifth warning sign is they have a philosophical desire to die. You know, in our age today, youth in Asia is a real practice going on silently. And as a believer in Christ, euthanasia would be something that is against what the scripture says, that we preserve and respect and honor life at all costs. Why? Because man is created in the image of God. And you see, man's created in the image of God. So we shouldn't allow death 
to have victory over killing what God has created. And number six, Aaron Sarah, uh, they made a mistake. Oftentimes, young people become discouraged because they made a mistake. And uh, they feel like, I can't get over this. Um, uh, they feel like, you know, no one cares about me. I made a mistake. I'm just in trouble with everyone. And the easiest way to solve this problem is suicide. You see, suicide always leaves in the lives of those left behind more deep and, and more pain and uh, hurting others uh, more than what they would do if they stayed um, and, and did not commit suicide. Well, you know, we are looking at these six areas and we're going to go over a couple risk factors on all these six areas and what's going on with them. And uh, I'd just like to say that if you have the Lord Jesus in your life and you have the Lord as your savior and you would like to ask the Lord Jesus to be your savior, then you don't have to experience these problems of suicide or attempting suicide. The Lord Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the word of God will give you great grace and help you every day. Because, you know, we're all experiencing problems with life. We all experience discouragement. We all can see the bad side of things. But, you know, really what we really need to do is we need to encourage ourselves in the great things of the grace of God. See, the Lord Jesus loves us. He wants to help us and he wants to give us grace every day. And you see, we don't have to go through these crazy ideas of suicide or attempting suicide. No, we don't. We can have a time of victory over these ideas if we would just put the Lord first and ask the Lord Jesus as our Savior. And friend, maybe you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Savior today. I'd like to encourage you to call on the Lord and invite him into your life. And you can ask him to be your savior today. How? That's why Jesus died on the cross. He shed his blood for our sins and rose again from the grave. And if you would ask the Lord Jesus to come in your heart today, he'll come in your life. He'll change you. He'll give you living desires. He'll give you grace and he'll forgive you of any sin that you've done wrong. And friend, if you've never done that, I'd like to encourage you here today to call on the Lord and invite him into your life. You can do that through simple time of prayer, just by inviting the Lord Jesus to come in your life. Well, I would like to finish up with, you know, all these ideas of suicide and what's going on with them. And, uh, you know, we see it all around us, friends, loved ones, uh, young people, and uh, we don't have to allow it to happen. We can take control and have victory. So right now we have my friend, Mr. Jonathan Bradford, and uh, he's with us today, and uh, he's going to be able to give us some insight on the education. You see, Mr. Jonathan Bradford is the headmaster, principal. Sure. Thank you, Dr. Rizzo. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on your podcast today. It's something that I've thought about also um, for teenagers. We have a school here at Concord Christian Academy from, we actually started six weeks old all the way up to 12th grade. And so part of our school does make up teenagers. Um, it is a very important topic that uh, we talk about today and a very 
a heavy topic that we also talk about today. It's a, it's a very tragic thing. People wake up sometimes and they, they learn that their loved ones have uh, passed away, the ones that they've brought into the world or they've invested in. Uh, my family, my own personal family through my wife's side, uh, the last uh, couple of years has lost two individuals to suicide. And it is obviously a shock. Both men were, in, were young, both were in their uh, 20s and 30s. And it's just a, it's a tragedy. So I would like to, from an educational standpoint, bring up a couple reasons why I believe that even the thoughts of suicide can come across a teenager's mind. Obviously, life is worth living. As you mentioned, Dr. Rizzo, it's a, it's a thing that we find all throughout the scriptures, that life is valuable and that life should be guarded and, and held to high esteem. So why would a person uh, who is in the, in the blossoming of their life as a teenager want to end their life? Well, I believe that a couple of the root causes are, number one, that they don't truly understand what their identity is. Their identity must be found in truth, and that is the truth of God's word. Identity cannot be found in what other people believe to be popular. Um, for example, in Nazi Germany, there are many people that believe that the Holocaust was a good thing. Um, obviously, there are some that did not, but some did. And even though that was the popular opinion, that was obviously wrong. That's not truth. That's error. But the second thing is, is I think more prevalent among teenagers and what is being uh, promoted is truth cannot be found exclusively in what I believe to be right. And so when we when it comes to truth, because Jesus is truth, we have to look into the word of God to find out exactly what is right. It is not based upon my feelings. It is not based upon what I even may feel strongly about. It's based upon God's word. Now, if my feelings and beliefs align with God's word, then that's a different different thing. But if I believe a certain thing and it's not found in God's word, then it's not truth. So, for example, if I have a banana and I write on the banana many times, I'm an apple, I'm an apple, I'm an apple. Yeah. It doesn't make it an apple. It's still a banana. Uh, and so what is being promoted today is you can be your own gender. You can be your um, own self. You can be these things, whatever you want to be. And so people are confused about what their identity is because none of that brings satisfaction to them. So identity also must not be found in what we do, but who we are as a person. The second thing that I feel like is prevalent among teenagers, and I believe you brought this up, Dr. Rizzo, when talking about the girls who are, are more likely to uh, commit suicide, yeah. is that, or, or have at least the thought process of that, is that they are being measured up to, in their own minds, to our culture. So our culture today is comparing them to, uh, through social media, through television, through literature, through all these different medias, to some standard that is a high standard. Right. Because they may not have all the dance moves like in a TikTok video or because they are not able to dunk a basketball, uh, whatever the case may be, they look at themselves as not being valuable, as not being able to um, contribute to society. And so what I look at is I, I think our society today has had a big time paradigm shift where in the beginning of our country and more towards the 1800s, even early 1900s, there was a heavy emphasis on character, whether it was literature, later in the 1900s, uh, movies, TV shows, there was a moral principle and a moral lesson to be learned. Yeah. Today, the paradigm shift is not on those moral principles, but what you can get for yourself and who you can be. Sure. And so this provides an identity crisis. So instead of people working on their character, they're working on maybe their athletic achievements or, or whatever else to find their identity. So when those things go away, like Michael Jordan, who can't play basketball anymore at a certain point, they become depressed. Because that's all they built their identity on is I can play basketball. Right. But the second thing is, is I believe um, is purpose. And without having the right identity, we're not going to have the right purpose. And so what is being taught in non-Christian education places in public education is obviously atheism or evolution. And so Richard Dawkins, one of the pop atheists of our time, uh, English scientist, says this. 
in A River of Eden, A Darwinian View of Life. The universe that we observe has precisely the properties we should expect if there is, at bottom, no design, no purpose, no evil, no good, nothing but pitiless indifference. So what is being taught and what is being forced into the minds of many teenagers today in public schools and secular settings is there's no purpose in life. Right. So, so, of course, they're not going to feel like life is worth living if something bad happens because there's no purpose. And there's thought that there's no morality. But see, that doesn't resonate with teenagers because teenagers especially know that there's right and wrong. Right. I mean, they'll be the first ones to tell sure. you that it's not fair. But you can't say there's no right or you can't say something's unfair or something's in, unjust if you don't believe that there's a God. So once you understand that there's a God and there is a moral lawgiver and there is a right and a wrong that's found in scriptures, then that ends up helping you with your purpose. So right. the atheist lifestyle is not tenable. It's you don't really have an identity and you don't have a purpose. Life is just absurd. And this is being promulgated and this is being advertised throughout our public schools. And no wonder that our teenagers are suffering with these thoughts of depression because there's no reason to live if life is just absurd. Yeah, no reason. Mm-hmm. But I love what. Paul says in Galatians chapter two and verse 20 in closing here, he says both things, identity and purpose. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ lives in me. So there's the identity part that when you become a Christian, you can find your identity in Christ. But the second thing is he mentions and the life, which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so that was his purpose. So as Chris Hodge, the author of Daniel dilemma, put it, purpose is identity in motion. Once we know our identity, then we're going to have purpose in life. Yeah. But life is only meaningful when it's found in Christ. Outside of Christ and his truth, we will never find any meaning. So we cannot simply remove God who created the world to have purpose and who gave us identity and believe that we can still have and find some type of identity outside of him and have purpose outside of him. Yeah. I believe that some of these things outside of medical problems, because mental health is a real thing. Um, and people that are struggling with suicide may have a medical condition that needs to be um, looked at. Sure. But outside of medical conditions, some of these surface issues like depression and um, and having a philosophical desire to die, I believe can be fixed with a proper knowledge of who God is and how you can have a relationship with him. Yeah. And when we find that, then that makes all the difference. Yeah. One more thing. Daniel, for example, this whole world fell apart. His home where he lived was destroyed. His family members more than likely were killed. He was taken away from his homeland and brought to a strange land. They even changed his name from Daniel to Belteshazzar, as it mentions in, in scriptures. But yet he was still able to find his identity in God. Now, most of us would be depressed by all of these things, losing our family members, being removed from our home. All the list goes. He served under many different kings. But what we do find is that he still was able to find his identity and purpose in God. And that sustained him throughout all these difficulties and trials. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, praise the Lord, brother. And uh, it's good to have our friend, Coach Pat Genu. I'm excited, man, to be on the podcast with Jonathan Bradford, uh, JB, I call him. This is good, great insight, John. We're very glad to have you all, man. And uh, you are absolutely right, especially sports athletes, man. If you look at a lot, a lot of the athletes that, you know, everybody look up to or that play uh, on national television, when their careers are done, they're falling into problems. Depression, you know, or, you know, because this still want that spotlight. Um, so, but one of the things I, I wanted to ask John, uh, we do ask questions when our guests come on, um, so you can educate us on some of these things. Uh, environmental, right? Uh, so, um, I want to ask a question. It says here, doing some research last night, Tony, I told you this morning. It says also here, a bullying relationship problems or unemployment. Um, you think those are environmental problems or 
suicidal or, or uh, can you give me some insight on that? Sure. So if, if uh, I, I think I heard you, it was bullying and what else? Jobs and? Yeah, uh, relationship problems or unemployment. Yeah. So with bullying, which is also um, a, a lead to suicide, unfortunately, um, it's it's uh, identity problem for the person who's doing the bully. So a lot of times, mm-hmm. and we know this to be true, that those who are those who are bullying are people that have identity issues. You know, so the only way that they can find their identity is by putting down other people and making themselves look better. So the bully themselves is also having uh, mm. an identity issue, just like the person that's being bullied. And so when the bullyer can find his identity in Christ and realize that his relationship with Christ is sufficient, then his relationships will automatically get better. And you know the illustration. When the vertical gets right with God, then the horizontal will get right with other people. And so uh, when it comes to bullying, it's just another uh, description of, of why people are having trouble with not finding their identity in in Christ. The same thing with jobs. Uh, people put uh, value in their jobs and they believe that their jobs uh, will eventually uh, lead to their identity or that th- it describes themselves or identifies them. And what happens when that job is taking away? When that's the only thing they built their life upon is, is their job. Well, then they feel like they're worthless. But that's not true because they're created in the image and likeness of God. And whether they are a person where our society would say this is a lower job, like being a, a trash man, or they have some high office job in a, in a tower as a businessman, it doesn't matter. They both are valuable. Sure. Um, so, Pat, uh, Jonathan, you've been uh, you've been spot on, man. You've been like you're like fantastic, dude. It's just like you've been bringing it to the house, and you've been letting us know what's going on. And I, I just want to say thank you for your uh, insight on all that. And uh, you know, I, I want to ask you to John if you can. Uh, Talk about this slide right here. That slide right there. Yes. Uh, so, yes, uh, I am the head of school at Concord Christian Academy. We're located in Wilmington, Delaware, and we are currently enrolling for um, fall 2022 to 2023. You know, uh, Dr. Rizzo and Mr. Gensho, a lot of things we're talking about are really resonating with people uh, in, in in Christian circles. And so now they're coming to the realization that, hey, I don't want my ch- taught that there's no God and that there's no purpose in life and that their identity is something outside mm-hmm. of God. So we teach Christ through every subject. And a lot of people have the misconception that a Christian school is one where you teach all the subjects, uh, you know, like math, mm-hmm. reading, literature, and so on, history. And then you have a Bible class or religious class also. Now, that's partially true. But the truth is, is yes, you have a Bible class, but you also teach Christ through every subject. So we teach that Christianity should not be compartmentalized but that it is the only way of life for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So we welcome you to uh, go to our website, conquerchristian.com and set up an appointment and call us to find out more information. Yeah. Okay, brother. That's uh, awesome. That's excellent. So Jonathan, I want to ask you, have you ever had a time of counseling a person who wanted to attempt to commit suicide? Yeah. So uh, ironically, uh, I I had one a couple years ago and, um, one of the things I do now, and I'll explain this in a moment. One of the things I do now is anytime there's a piece of paper on the ground, I go down and I pick up that piece of paper and I read it. I just, if it's crumpled up or whatever, um, I read it because I came across a piece of paper on the ground walking through the hallways of the school. Yeah. And I just said, I'm going to look what's inside there. And it was a, a one of the, our male students, high school student, that was very depressed, contemplating suicide, thinking it just wasn't uh, worth living anymore. Sure. And what would happen if I had thrown that piece of paper away? It could have been very tragic without looking at it. So I, I brought the student in, and uh, one of our teachers, who unfortunately the, had passed away, uh, has passed away now, 
um, Susan Hasty, uh, had met with the student as well. And Susan Hasty had gone through so many tragic things in her life. Even from a young child, she had so many health issues. And, but she was still all about life and wanted to live and wanted to invest in other people. And she sat down with this student and with me, and she talked to the student and she told him how great it was to live life, even when you're hurting, even when, even when you might even have medical issues. And it made a significant difference in that person's life. Well, I lost contact with them after they graduated, but I found out this year that that person is now a pastor of a church. And wow. so we praise, we praise the Lord for what he's doing in his life and for the testimony of this teacher, oh. Susan Hasty. Man, that's amazing. Well, hey, Pat, I want to ask you, have you ever had a time where you were counseling anyone that wanted to attempt suicide? Or maybe you were just counseling someone that was just going through some some of these uh, different signs. Maybe they weren't committing suicide, but are six signs. They're depressed. They're psychotic. They're impulsive. They're crying out for help. How about that, Pat? Have you ever had a time of uh, or they made a mistake? No, I, I, uh, unfortunately, I haven't of that uh but I have seen uh, depression, um, like somebody sitting by themselves uh, or don't want to participate in other activities or don't want to talk to nobody. I try to look for those signs. Like uh, if a kid's sitting by himself, I'm not, or uh, sitting by himself at, you know, if we're having activity in the gym and stuff like that. But I haven't encountered anybody committing suicide yet. I know people that committed suicide, but um, I haven't encountered that as, you know, John, you know, uh, found a piece of paper or something like that. But. What he said was very, such in the school setting, Mr. Bradford, um, it, it's huge in, 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 in schools because you, when you have the bullying or you, when you have, you know, hey, I'm not athletic enough or, hey, I, I can't do this, I'm not popular. That's when those kids start thinking um, about taking their life or hurting themselves or other people. So um, in the school setting, it's very, it's very huge, job. So uh, thank you for sharing that. But I haven't encountered nobody uh, committing suicide that I know of, but I know people that committed suicide uh, that I you know, with my friends or somebody I know. Sure, sure. Hey, uh, you know, when I was in college, um, I had a young lady who was a friend of mine. And this young lady was a national renowned celebrity. And she was getting her college degree. And she was, uh, she didn't have a lot of friends because she was so well known and she was so popular that she minimized her friends. You know, a lot of celebrities are very lonely because they think, you know, people are just trying to hang out with them to get their money or try to get some fame from them. And uh, and so celebrities are some of the loneliest people in the world. You know, I think of, uh, you know, Elvis Presley committed suicide. Um, uh, different comedians have committed suicide. I mean, we just saw this comedian last week, Bob Saget. And uh, I'm not saying that I got inside source to know that he committed suicide, but you know, perfectly healthy, just got done doing a show, came home from a show at the hotel, next morning dead. What do you think? I think he had a heart murmur or something like that, just died in the middle of the night. Um, you know, maybe, maybe he did. Maybe he had some kind of biological problem when he died. Most likely committed suicide. And, you know, I have found comedians across the board are some of the loneliest people in the world because they're so busy trying to make everybody happy that, um, you know, they're, they're, they're becoming sad themselves. And, uh, you know, it's like, you know, I'm so busy trying to make everybody happy that they they never remember to make themselves happy, and uh, and and they become a, a great great uh, burden on their own selves. You know what's that? What was that comedian saying that committed suicide? Pat, Chris, somebody. Uh, he was on Saturday Night Live. Big fat guy made that movie Tommy Boy. It wasn't Chris Rock? I know that. Anyway, he uh, Pat. Can you hear me? Okay, you still got a little bit of internet problems there, Pat. Yeah, I can hear you now. Go ahead. 
What was the name of that comedian, Chris, that died, committed suicide? He was a comedian who played on Saturday. Yeah, up here. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, anyway, these guys end up becoming very depressed and discouraged, and and uh, they're trying to busy helping others, but yet they themselves become very sad. Well, anyway, this young lady, she was a fantastic celebrity and traveled the country, and um, a nice Christian young lady grew up in a Christian home, and um, you know, but she became friends with me. We were both seniors. We were in a lot of classes together, and it was her last semester of college, and uh, we were we were uh, really uh, study friends. And uh, we saw each other at the library. We were all doing a lot of studying. We were all doing a lot of, uh, you know, just getting ready to graduate. And uh, hey, Christopher Finenzio, thank you for letting me know, Chris Farley. Appreciate that so much. And uh, I appreciate you chiming in there. That's right, Chris Farley. You know, Chris actually was making so much money. He had everything you can imagine. I read an article that he um, he was making when he was doing stand-up comedy, he was making $500,000 a night and uh, doing, you know, his few-hour show. And um, it was unbelievable. But yet he had all the money in the world, but yet he was one of the loneliest people in the world. Appreciate Chris Let me know that. And um, But this young lady was friends with me, and I don't want to share her name because, you know, she she's still alive today, praise the Lord, and she's still traveling the country and uh, doing her work. And... Um, but she came up to me one day. I was going to my apartment and she came up to me and she had an apartment in the same complex. And uh, she said that uh, I want to commit suicide. And listen, number one rule, if anybody ever wants to commit suicide and says that to someone, that's an automatic, you must be counseled. And you have to report that idea that someone said that they want to commit suicide to professional counselors. Now that's a legal law if you are counseling somebody, but that's a that's a mandatory idea that we have to do even if we're not counseling with someone and we just hear about it. Number one, we have to report them to get professional counseling. And if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, then Christian counseling. And um, and so this lady said to me, I want to commit suicide. And I said, no, you don't talk like that. And so finally what happened was she said, yeah, I'm going to my apartment. I'm going to commit suicide right now. And I was like, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to come over and visit with you. I don't like to go into another woman's apartment by myself, but because she was saying that she wanted to commit suicide, I felt like that was a circumstance that allowed me to go in. So I went in and I got in there and she was already in there. She was in a robe and, and she said to me, I'm going to commit suicide right in front of me. And she took all these pills right in front of me and swallowed them. And I was like, oh no, I can't believe you did that. And, uh, and so I said, you got to knock it off. And I, I wanted to call some counselors to get over there to help her now that she took these pills. And um, I told her, I said, knock it off. And, and she, she grabbed another handful of pills in her other pocket. She had her house coat on. She actually changed and put her house coat on. And both pockets had pill, pills in them. And uh, she, she took another handful of pills and swallowed them right in front of me. And I was like, man. So I said, all right. So I said, what are you going to do? How are you going to commit suicide? I said, knock it off. She goes, well, I'm going to go in the kitchen and take a knife and stab myself. I said, no, you're not going in the kitchen. I said, well, I'm going to jump off the balcony. I said, okay, you can jump off the balcony, but you're not going to die. You're just going to break a leg. And I said, you can't be talking like that. And she, she was getting ready to take more pills again. And each handful had like three or four pills in it. And uh, so I was like, that's it. So I grabbed her and I pushed her down on her bed of all places. And uh, I, I, had, I had to put her in a full Nelson. 
Now, I don't know if you know what a full Nelson is, but you, you come up from behind and you put your hand like this and you press down on her head. And she was really, really hard to wrestle. She was like, she weighed like literally 300 pounds. And she was like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, a big, big woman. And uh, bigger than me, I was only 128 pounds soaking wet. And uh, it was unbelievable, Pat. And um, so while I'm wrestling with her to tell her to knock it off, the phone rings, and it's her mom. And I call. I, I talked to her. I said, listen, I'm going to have to get some counseling help. i got to get off the phone right now. Pray for her. All this commotion's going on. And her roommate walks out of the room right next to us. Her roommate was there. I couldn't believe it. I was like, get on the phone and call my friend John Morris. And so she got on the phone. She called John Morris. He lived in the apartment complex. He came over. I had to keep her there in that full Nelson the whole time. And then I, and John came over and I said, listen, we got to call the counseling services in town, the psych ward. We called them. They came over with an ambulance. And dude, they had a nurse that was like 6'8", 250 yeah. And he, and he was the scariest person I ever met. And he came in. He said, all right, let's go. You're going to have to get in the hospital. And, and she was like, I'm not going. And he's like, yes, you are. And literally me, John, and the nurse had to basically hogtie her and drag her out. Remember, she was 300 pounds to put her in the ambulance. They stuck her in this uh, psych ward. And, and by law, she had to be in there for 72 hours, three days. And then a judge comes on, you know, by TV and listens to her case and sets her free or not. And uh, she was in there and she was like telling everybody, I'm not supposed to be here <laughs> with all these people in the psych ward. And they're like, yes, none of us are supposed to be here. <laughs> and, uh, and and she said, no, I'm, I'm a famous celebrity. And they're like, yes, we all are famous celebrities. And she said, listen, I'm going to do a concert for everybody. And she put on a concert for the psych ward. And they all listened to her and they were like, Oh my goodness, this lady is the real deal. And uh, three days later, they let her out. And she never fooled around like that again to tell people, you know, because that's bad things are going to happen to you. You know what I mean, Pat? And, um, yeah. and so it was crazy. And she got so mad at me, she never talked to me again. Never. What do you think, Pat? So. That's a perfect example. I'm going to ask both of you these questions. Um, man, I, man, the story's incredible, Tony. I went to wrestle with a lady that's way more than me or, you know, a bigger than me. I went and did, did I probably would have called the authorities. Uh, you were very brave to do that. Uh, I'm pretty sure John had his method when he would have did. But um, I, I, to be honest with you guys, um, there's some of these questions, right? It says, what are some of the warning signs, right? Like you saw, Tony. It says, what is the most... And so most people take uh, their lives as even one or more warning signs, right? And so what are the warning signs? What do they say before you notice they're going to commit suicide? L listen to these. Killing themselves, right? Or somebody say, oh, I'm going to kill myself, okay? Killing themselves, I'm feeling hopeless, uh, having a reason to live, being a burden to others, or feeling trapped, or I'm bearing pain. Have you heard any of those before? Yes, I think I've seen young people say that all the time. I counsel young people in the inner city all the time, and that's all the things they say. Uh, how about you, Mr. Bradford? Yes. So um, I have I have heard some of these things. Now, we can just go over and say, oh, they're joking, all right? But you really have to talk to them and find out what's going on because sometimes, like uh, recently uh, in school, somebody would just oh, we don't joke around like that. I, I wouldn't be saying that, you know. And then later on, I talked to the person by myself, and there's, oh, I was just joking around. I said, well, some people might be going through something 
uh, in their life and they hear that, they can take that into account and do what you're saying. So I don't think it's good for you to say. But those are the warning signs I look for. Or, like, if I, I'm talking to myself, I'm pretty sure you guys have been depressed on certain situations. Or um, if I say, oh, man, it's not worth it anymore, right? It's not worth it anymore. I, I, I can't take it anymore. But for me, I think those are the warning signs. Like, since I work with teenagers, those are the warning signs I look for. You know, feeling hopeless, sitting by themselves, uh, having a burden or feeling trapped or unbearable pain, stuff like that. So that's what I look for. What do you think about that, Mr. Bradford? Yeah, so I think that those are also uh, warning signs, obviously. Um, you know, throughout the day, you can pick up on different things here and there. With their social interaction, sometimes too much social interaction is a symptom. Sometimes not enough social interaction is a symptom. And um, I think that the best way to navigate all of that, uh, if they are willing to be open, is to sit down and talk to them and, and see what's going on in their mind. All right, Tony, I got one for you. Mood. All right, that's another thing a teenager or whoever else, an adult, can go through anxiety and depression. But the mood that people are in, right? For me, I'm very observant, right? I can look at somebody and say, man, that guy probably having a bad day. Now, I may not know, but also let me go over there and talk. Because Mr. Bradford, I'm a people person. I can talk to anybody, man. I can even talk to a homeless guy on the street. I can talk to anybody. People be like, that guy's dangerous. I'll go talk to him. Because that's my personality, right? Everybody has a different personality, but I look for mood. Listen to this. It's a depression, anxiety, loss of interest, uh, also uh, humiliation, shame, uh, anger, or, you know, certain uh, improvement. So these are the things I look for. The mood of somebody can get into can cause also depression and suicide, right? So... Let's say a kid sitting in the corner. Uh, let me tell you guys a little story I, I, I usually tell the kids. Something I was taught uh, by my youth pastor and this school. Thank God for my coaches and youth pastor, Godly man, that helped me with this. So in college, you know, John knows this too as well. And you know this too as well, uh, Tony. You know how certain people in school, you have clicks, right? You got athletes. You got the musician. You got uh, people that call nerds. You got people, smart people. I wouldn't call those nerds. I call those smart people, you know, that God has given them, you know, academically, right? So something I was taught. So... In college, you know, in the lunch where people have clicks, they'll sit with their groups. So what I started doing is I started sitting at each table. The you know, people, I'll sit over here with the smart guys. I'll sit over here with the people that play music, you know, singing, trim, uh, instruments. I'll sit with them. I learned something different from each group. You, you understand, Tony? I was learning, even though musically, I was in musical challenge, but I was learning things that were pretty cool about music. You understand? I was just, I was, I wasn't just hanging out with jocks, you know, hanging out with my group, you know. So I started sitting at each table. You know what I found out? Everybody has their differences. Everybody are cool in their own ways, right? Yep. So that's probably a whole lot than just judging people and say, okay, hey, they're not athletic, and, and we start name-calling or looking down upon somebody else. So I learned a lot from everyone. So, so now I'm very observant. Um, but some of the things we got to look for is the mood, what people get into, right? Yeah. So the mood is very important as, as well. What do you think about that, Dr. Rizzo? Oh, absolutely. Their mood is the number one influencing factor because when their emotions are discouraged and demoralized and become depressed, then mm -hmm. that is the number one factor and reason to encourage a young person to commit suicide. You know, nobody likes me. I'm always in trouble. I don't have any friends. I always yeah. mess up. And, and they can't find the solution to overcome these little barriers. And, um, and then they start thinking, you know, how can I check out? How can I check out of this life? Especially women, you know, and women uh, get hurt because they become maybe involved with another person 
and that person, you know, has intimate relationships with them, and then that person leaves them. Once a young lady has an intimate relationship with another person, and then that person just leaves them, they become mm -hmm. so discouraged and so depressed. Mm -hmm. Almost like they they trade it. If I give you this intimate relationship, I'll get happiness from that. And then they find out they don't get happiness from it, and they become discouraged. They become depressed. I'm, I'm they, glad you said that. Can I elaborate on that? Yeah, real go quick? ahead. I'm glad you said that because I coach girls basketball and boys. I have their both. And I handle the guys differently than I handle the girls. Emotionally, and you're right. You know, there are certain things, you know, of women. So I wouldn't, basically, a guy, I said, you got to start turning the ball over. You got to start doing this. For a girl, your girl basketball team, I got to call time. I said, girls, you know, you got to be careful. It's, it's different. The mood is different, right? Yeah. So I'm glad you said that. Uh, if me and John got into something, I'd be like, oh, man. And later on, I'd be like, all right, we probably won't worry about it, right? Sure. So, uh, it, that's what it's about. But it's very different with a, with a, uh, uh, a female. Now, the mood. That's why I said the mood is very important because uh, it, it depends. If I come into school every morning, all right, yeah. in a different mood, the kids can see that, right. right? They can see, hey, something wrong with coach because, hey, this going on with them. I have to come in uh, with the mood, with the, with the, with the spirit of uh, a happiness, even though I'm going through, you know, something. But the people can see through it. If such a kid, they can see it through, right through you. They can see it all. So yeah. i got to be careful. What do you think about that, Mr. Bradford? Well, I definitely think that um... – as the author of Love and Respect, uh, Emerson Igrex uh, would say that girls have pink sunglasses and pink earpods, and boys have blue sunglasses and blue earpods. And he takes that from Ephesians 5.33. Uh, wives, or husbands, see that you love your wives, and wives, see that you reverence your, your husbands. And um, the, the title Love and Respect is all about that, that part of loving a female, part of loving your wife, spouse, sister, is sitting down and talking to them. Mm-hmm. Whereas men are different from that, but then men value respect more. And so, whereas they might take hard coaching, uh, on the mm -hmm. other hand, they would not want you to disrespect them in front of their peers. So mm -hmm. it's just one of those things that God created us differently. Um, mm -hmm. And um, we both see and hear things differently as well. Yeah, Tony, I, I, got, I have a question for you. You, 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 uh, you do ministry in the inner city. You see different moves, right? Yeah. So you deal with your kids. How do you deal with that? How do you see anxiety, depression, and, and stuff like that? Well, you know, Pat, the kids in the city are so overwhelmed with so much uh, discouragement that oftentimes, you know, you can't even see the real effects they have. They're kind of like almost That's going through the motions. And uh, But every so often you'll see one young person and they're just really, really discouraged big time. And uh, I've found that young people that become discouraged and depressed oftentimes gravitate to anybody who shows attention to them. Like if a bad friend shows attention to them, man, hey, I got a friend. Oh, I'm going to do that. If mm -hmm. uh, a good person shows attention to them, hey, I got a friend. I got a good friend. Oh, I got to hang out with them. Um, a youth ministry says, hey, hey, this youth ministry is trying to invite me out. You know what? I want to go to that. And I've found that young people gravitate to anybody that wants to encourage them in any kind of direction, whether it be good, bad, or, you know, ministry. And, um, and so they're just looking and hungry and starving and just can't wait to get hold of somebody to help them and to, uh, you know, provide for them a, a new friendship. Well, you know, Pat, we're going to get ready to close here. We've been on here for a while and uh, I got to do a couple things. So let's go over our win, 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 win. We have three wins. Any businesses that support our live podcast called Tony and Friends 
uh, we like to encourage them and promote their business. Harvey's Doors and Locks over in Ridley Park. Anytime you have a door problem, lock problem, key problem, you got something along those lines. These are the masters. They will help you. Harvey's Doors and Locks, they're the best. And uh, then we have Liz Hess, H-E-S-S, uh, and she's an artist and she has an art gallery, a million-dollar art gallery over in Lancaster, uh, Pennsylvania. And she's got the best Christian paintings that I've ever seen in my life. And we recommend you to go to Liz Hess. And then we have Doherty Auto Sales looking for a great used car. Uh, this company over in Folsom, Pennsylvania is the best integrity company uh, that I've ever met for used car dealerships. And reliability and integrity are the two main things that people are looking for when they buy used cars. And uh, we have Epler Chiropractic over in Ridley Township. If you got a broken back, that guy will help you fix it. Win, win, win. Three wins. When they invest in our ministry, that's always a win. Second win is they invest in the gospel going forth. That's always a win. And the third win is they're involved in supporting a gospel ministry, and that honors the Lord. So they're honoring the Lord, they're honoring our ministry, and then we promote their business. That's the three wins. Win, win, win. And, um, and so we always like to encourage these businesses that help us. Well, Pat, we're going to have some closing words here. And if you know of any young people that are discouraged or depressed and they could use our help, let them know about our ministry, youthactionministries.com. And they can check us out and get all their information about our ministry at youthactionministries.com or youthfluential.com. Pat, I'm going to give you the floor for your closing statement here. Thank you, Mr. Bradford, for coming on here. We're going to have some different uh, people on here, but thank you for sharing your thoughts and your ideas that we need to know. I know you've been in uh, uh, ministry for a while. Now, also, you've been also in, in the school system for a while now. Uh, thank you for what you're doing here at Conquer Christian Academy. We appreciate you. Uh, I just want to say, everybody that um, that have depression or have these problems, seek uh, spiritual counsel is very important too. If you're a Christian, uh, seek your uh, spiritual counsel, your, your church, your pastor, or some type of uh, spiritual leaders. And also as well, um, if if you're not a Christian, you know you can uh, hit up the link, uh, Youthfluential, and Dr. Tony Renzo here. He will talk to you about um, any depression situation you have, and we're trying to help you on that. Thank you so much. Uh, once again, Mr. Bradford, for coming on here. And thank you, Tony, for having me on the podcast to share my platform that God has given me. So that's it. Amen, Jonathan. Okay, Pat, it's great to have you with us today. Praise the Lord. And I uh, just want to give the floor to Jonathan Bradford, headmaster at Concord Christian Academy in Wilmington, Delaware. And any closing thoughts you'd like to share with us today, Jonathan? Sure. Just uh, what God said to Jeremiah in chapter 1, verse 5 of Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you mm -hmm. were born, I set you apart, and I appointed you as prophets and nations. I encourage uh, all of our listeners to find their identity and purpose in Christ because outside of him, your life will be meaningless. Right. Uh, you, Lord. Man. Well, you know what? I just want to say, first of all, we had Pastor San DiCicco on with us last Tuesday, and he wrote a book called Journey Through the Afterlife. And if you'd like to order this book, you can do so by going to the website, ConcordBaptistChurch.org, uh, and you can order this book, Journey Through the Afterlife, talking about heaven, is heaven real? and conqueredbaptistchurch.org. You can check that out. And if you'd like to get a book that I wrote called Ready With Every Breath I Take, this book talks about sharing the gospel and telling people about the Lord Jesus and how much he loves us. And uh, this is an exciting book that I think you would all enjoy. And uh, you can order this book on our website, youthfluential.com, Y-O-U-T-H, Fluential, F-L-U-E-N-T-I-A-L.com, youthfluential.com. And you can order the book Ready on there. And uh, it's great to have you guys with us today. And I'm sure that we'll come in contact with so many people that are discouraged as we minister the gospel to others. And just an encouraging word 
Maybe just say, hey, praise the Lord. The Lord Jesus loves you. An encouraging word will help someone overcome. And, uh, and that's our mission in life is to be able to give the gospel and tell people about the good news of the Lord Jesus and how much he loves us. Just want to say thank you, Pat, for being with us today, Coach Pat. And thank you, uh, Mr. Jonathan Bradford, for being with us today. And uh, it's great to have you guys with us today. All right, you all take care, all right? All right, take care, Tony. Thanks, man. All right.